Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Pear Schneider, Oi. Brian Altano, Brrah. and Tom Marks. Hello, I can't follow that. Jeez. <laughs> you can roll the R's, it's easy. Just roll, just get them right out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they love it when you brap. I know, they really do. Yeah. They really do. It's so that's why I brought it back. It's a great way to start <laughs> the episode <laughs> off. We're in. Uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for joining uh, me here this week on NVC, and thank you to the chat very much for joining us here live on IGN.com every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So if you're in the chat, go ahead and say hi to us. We can see you right now. Oh, hello there, everyone. I see you. <laughs> hi. Uh, but yeah, we have a big show today uh, as we gear up to E3. So, uh, you know, news is, is still coming in slowly but surely, but there's still a lot to talk about. Uh, for instance, Nintendo's new dockless Switch SKU that's releasing in Japan exclusively. We're going to be talking a little bit a lot, uh, about that. Uh, we're going to be talking about the rumored N64 Classic as well as Resident Evil 7 Cloud version for Switch, which I did get a chance to uh, play a little bit of, uh, but we'll get deeper yep. into that a little later. Uh, there's also been some rumblings about the next Steam World game, so that should be very interesting, as well as a Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle Donkey Kong Adventures single player DLC preview uh, that I got a chance to... That was a <laughs> that long was sentence. A sentence. I can't believe I got that so, out. That was really good. I know, right? <laughs> That's this week's sentence of the week brought to you by NVC. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually got a chance to preview that game, so we'll be talking a little bit about that as well. And of course, our leading games of the week. But before we get into all of that great stuff, let's circle back and talk about this uh, dockless switch uh, skew that Nintendo is releasing for Japan exclusively. Uh, so it's going to be slightly cheaper. It's going to be about 5,000 yen cheaper than the original bundle, uh, which equates to about $45 off of the market price for US or 33 pounds uh, if you're an Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, so uh, Nintendo's calling the new, bun- uh, the new bundle a second set. So it's meant for essentially families that already have the standard right. Switch bundle. But so, only one TV. Exactly. So hmm. it's going to come uh, exclusively uh, with just the Switch tablet and Joy-Cons. No grip, no power cable or AC adapter, no uh, dock as well. So... Uh, what do you guys What do you guys think about that? Before I ask the panel here, um, I want to ask the chat as well. Do you think Nintendo should release a handheld mode only Switch bundle for the U.S.? Do you think that that would be a smart move on their part? And that is the same question I want to ask you, gentlemen, as mm-hmm. well. So I think it's smart. I mean, uh, fifty bucks can make a huge difference in the you know, especially during the holiday sales when they're uh, when there's all this competition and parents go into stores and they see all the different consoles. Fifty bucks can make a huge difference. Yeah, it's, um, it's Zelda. And then also as a parent, right? Nintendo is about to launch their online network, and one great feature of that network is that you don't have to pay extra when you have multiple machines in the household, and that you can actually play online by only paying for one subscription and so I, I think this is really smart they should absolutely market this as the family bundle or you know the second machine and bring this out here I think mm-hmm. yeah no totally I mean I think for somebody looking for an extra switch or for somebody who only plans to play in handheld mode which someone like Andrew Goldfarb who's our news editor told me specifically he's never docked his switch before he's only played in handheld mode and to me that's that's crazy but mm-hmm. 
you do you, whatever I, gets I know, you through the world. I know a few people like that, actually. I, I think as somebody uh, – Pete Hines over at Bethesda told me he had never taken his dock out of his box, right, while they were making Skyrim and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I think that there's definitely people who just treat it as a handheld device. Yeah. Um, and that's actually why it kind of bums me out that it doesn't have a charging cable with it in this bundle. Oh, it doesn't have a charging cable. It's no. the same thing they did with the other DS. when yeah. they, It's just when saving they, money. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing about yeah. that is that by the time oh, – I'll put it this way. By the time they were on their 10th DS or 3DS, all of us probably had one or two chargers kicking around. Mm-hmm. You can get 30, third-party ones for dirt cheap. Um, the Switch is kind of a different – it's kind of a different beast. Well, also, I mean, USB Type C has become pretty uh, fluent in you know today's society. A mm-hmm. lot of people use that as their Max, primary. The new Macs cable. all use USB C. Yeah, I mean, I honestly charge my Switch sometimes with my Mac charger now. See, I, I feel yeah. like that's reckless. <laughs> it's a little right, reckless. Didn't, didn't no, like no, Nintendo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't Nintendo say you like shouldn't do that because no, maybe it was doing? No, for the yeah. Dock. So the dock that's, is yeah. scary. You, you cannot power the dock off like a like a little Apple plug and a USB C cord. Like it actually needs that power adapter. Right. But there's no dock in the box, and so. For for just charging, like everyday charging, you can use any USB-C plug okay. and any uh, USB plug. That's nicer yeah. to know. It yeah. just is like – it's such a funny concept to me. And I know it's, that they're marketing they're saving this. saving money. That's uh, it. They're yeah. cutting money out of the box. And I know mm-hmm. that they're marketing this as like a second set, right? Like I think that is a smart way to go about it. But it is – a little bit of a bummer to the person out there who just wants it as a mobile device and can't buy it it's, just like out of you the box. My, my biggest problem with this, um, I don't have very many problems. I actually think that Nintendo should release just a yeah. dockless, cheaper uh, Switch bundle. But my only problem is that it's 5,000 yen cheaper or $45 off the price. Right, right. So it's like if you were if you were to buy a dock standalone, that's $80. Oh. You were to buy an AC <laughs> adapter standalone, that's $30, Something I believe. Something like that. Yeah. So just the dock is 80 alone with Without, yeah, without right. a, so it's not like they're knocking like eighty dollars off the price. They're knocking forty five dollars off of. The yeah, price. I don't. There's a there's a the math kind of collapses <laughs> you, on that. You might as well just get <laughs> yeah. the normal bundle and get an extra dock and an extra AC adapter. Wait, and that's you're, more money though. Yeah, well, but that's you know, not a deal. For no, here's what you should do. <laughs> no, no, no. Get, I mean, get the normal bundle. You get could. the normal bundle and then sell all the junk you don't want. Sell the dock I, actually, on the street. People have done that. I've heard of people doing that before really yeah. early on when they bought their switches. They're like, I know I'm never going to use this dock thing. And they sold it they for just cheaper. They sold the dock to their friend yeah. who wanted mm-hmm. an extra it's one. It's a good idea. I mean, you can't be getting those third-party docks. Get your, mm. get your and- ish bricked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see what people are saying in the comments here. We should have some questions popping up. Uh, first of all, Rudy Ram says, love the IGN shirt pair. Thank you. Yeah, we That's do have some. our E3 2017 shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you know when we're going to get our new E3 shirt? Uh, they had the printer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Can't wait to get that as well. Do I get one even though I'm not going? You, uh, we, there's one for each person except Brian. Yeah. And also, Papa Jones uh, 007 says, good to see Tom here. So, welcome, Tom. Hi. They're Hi, happy Tom. to see you. Happy to be here. Uh, that nerdy vegan says, I'd love a second switch for on the go, especially traveling. I have the dock at home. So I guess uh, he might be alluding to having just two switches to switch between. Mm-hmm. Um, which, it's, Well, especially now that you can, there will be a profile, right? You can log out and you can transfer your save and mm-hmm. all that. In the, it, in the fall. It's actually, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. Although, like, I mean, I travel, I take the same switch on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you worried about losing it? Or why do you need two? <laughs> That's too many switches for one person. What? Uh, what? Really? You? you? Really? I, yeah, you're going to judge that? Well, How four, many Joy-Con do you have? Many. <laughs> <laughs> How many Joy-Con do you not have? None. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's okay. It's all right. We're not trying to shame you. 
Uh, Haltic in the chat says, absolutely, as someone who mainly plays in handheld mode, uh, I wouldn't have minded saving some money and skipping on the dock. Makes it way more accessible to more people, which I think is a very valid point. I mean, yeah. once you're getting into the $200 range, that's really close to the new 3DS price mm -hmm. right there and then. So, I mean, if they could get those prices much closer you know i could see a then, lot more families buying their you know younger children switches right. and all you need yeah. is a pokemon game and that thing is going to sell incredibly well yeah but when will that come here yeah, we don't know we don't know yes um uh yeah so we do have a poll going on uh right now the it's pretty it's pretty divided i'm gonna let it run there's about a minute and a half left uh but right now 47 percent of users are saying that they still prefer the dock and 53 percent are saying that they wouldn't mind just a handheld own, uh mode only switch mm -hmm. so that makes sense uh makes sense to me so i wouldn't be surprised if we saw it show up uh, yeah eventually. no i think i think it's it's good i honestly can't see past the thing that you brought up which is just the kind of math breakdown of all that. Yeah, like the I, price point. I yeah. feel like they could have knocked. I feel like they could have knocked a clean hundo off of that thing. You know? Maybe they'll do it in the. Maybe in the U.S. they tend to include a, a charge cord uh, mm -hmm. for anything, anyway. So maybe we'll get it at that price here in the U.S. with yeah. a with a power adapter in it. Hopefully, I mean, the, the whole conversation, real quick, just also reminds me of. I think one of my biggest disappointments with the Switch's hardware at launch was that I, I was just expecting it to have an HDMI port on the switch oh, and then the you switch. just don't need a dock you can just plug it into the tv and yeah like th this this is un it's unrelated to what's going on right yeah. now but it still comes back to like man if it just had an hdmi port we wouldn't even need to be talking about this right but then they and, wouldn't have to sell us as many accessories fair well fair point <laughs> no and it needs the extra juice it needs to be plugged in in order to actually push the the right, graphics right, upgrades for right. the tv right yeah. so that's true i think it introduces more points of failure where somebody goes why why switch don't work right yeah that's fair mm -hmm. It's also, I think they wanted it, they wanted like a very clear aesthetic delineation between handheld mode and they, pretending yeah. it's cosplaying it's as cool. a console. You can't you know? hate the, <laughs> so cool. It's okay. like a toaster. I'm, I'm into efficiency, not, not stop. Wait, you, you play PC games? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We don't right. have to go there. Yeah. We, uh, before we move on to the next topic, real quick, the poll has ended. Fifty-one uh, percent. Uh, so it's pretty divided, or mm. pretty divided here down the middle. Fifty-one percent say uh, that they would prefer docked uh, or having a, a switch with a dock mm. uh, as opposed to undocked or handheld mode only. So, yep. well, the thing is, it's like it's it's a one-way street. Like if you buy this this SKU and then you decide you want to dock. You have to spend 80, 80 90 bucks on it, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. which is kind of ridiculous. And then you end up spending more money as a yeah. whole. Yeah. And then you get the dock and then you're like, okay, now I want to, I need a controller. Mm -hmm. I don't have a Joy-Con grip. So maybe though the $250 price point will get people to the store and then your local GameStop uh, employee will say, you shouldn't just buy that one because then <laughs> if you ever want to upgrade, it's going to be so much more money. Yeah, Boom, there you I go. guess. Yeah. yeah. all a sale. No, yeah, for sure. They'll definitely have to tweak that price, I think, if they decide to bring this over to the West. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are going to be a little angry about that but uh let's go ahead and jump over to our next topic so it looks like nintendo has been filing some more trademarks uh leading up to e3 and the most recent one seems to be one for the n64 brand mm -hmm. which is very interesting so uh you know the trademark is very clear we don't have any b-roll to show it to you guys because it's literally just a bunch of japanese text and it would give anyone a headache to look at it i think um but uh it the the patent itself or the trademark itself says that it the n64 brand is for Purposes of a video game program and a controller and joystick for a game machine 
and a TV game machine. So, like, it's all sort of pointing towards this is a classic system. It's very similar, in fact, to what they did last year uh, with the SNES Classic leading up. It was, like, almost, you know, exactly the same as this N64 brand uh, trademark. Uh, ironically, too, or interestingly enough, too, last year they filed a, uh, a patent for an N64 controller mm-hmm. that we still haven't seen anything for. And right. it's, like, full-on, uh, you know remake of an n64 controller it looks probably different insides right updated to be cheaper to manufacture exactly exactly um so i mean the big question is and this is another question for the chat as well so definitely start sounding off your answers in the chat uh in the chat um and for you guys as well what are some of the games that we want nintendo to include on this n64 classic so does come to be the N64 is a tricky one mm-hmm. because uh, there isn't a ton of third-party support on that system in the same way there is the NES and the SNES. There is a lot. There's a lot of good stuff there. But some of the best ones that we really enjoy, like if you actually start thinking about it, um, the stuff that's effectively first-party, or at least that's what we associated, yeah, right? right? Licensed stuff. You look at um, Perfect Dark. You look at GoldenEye. Oh, yeah. You look at Banjo-Kazooie and Diddy Kong Racing, which we saw we released on the 3DS a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, all stuck in licensing. All hell, stuck but in licensing. Keep, keep going, yeah. And so that gets very difficult. So then you look at the first-party stuff. You have Mario 64. You have Wave Race. You have F-Zero, Smash Brothers. F-Zero. Pilot Wing. Pilot Wing. Mario Kart. Um, Zelda. Don- Donkey Kong 64. Which no, I don't not know. allowed on the not allowed on the system. Not we allowed. about this. Because that's a rare game, right? No, no. Oh, no, because they, they could put because it on it's there. bad. No, it's bad, right? Yeah, good. Got it. Got it. Got it. At yeah. least we agree on that. I don't know. Is Andres still in the uh, in the production room there? Yeah, Andres is back there. I know Barrett's back there, yeah. too, so he might Barrett's have to, back there? Yeah. That's have something okay. to say. Well, it's that okay. raises the question. Donkey Kong 64 raises the question of, is the N64 Classic going to have an N64 Classic expansion pack, right? Ooh. <laughs> When you, yeah, obviously Perfect Dark Multiplayer didn't run without the extra RAM, right? Yeah. If yeah. you guys remember that uh, single player. Yes. Uh, multiplayer. One That'd of be funny if they included Perfect Dark on there, but then sold an expansion pack like separately. But we acquired one. Uh, no, um, I think it, it effectively ran like a very rudimentary version where you could only fight like up to four bots or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's the version Ram, I played Ram is so cheap, so that wouldn't be an issue. Like they would just build it in. I right. Think. Yeah. But I think the bigger issue is that Perfect Dark is a Microsoft property. Yep. And then like, you, unlikely. Unlikely to come across it. What about Star Wars? Do you like Star Wars? I do. Do you want to play Star Wars games on the Rogue Squadron? It's also not going to happen. Who owns that? That would be over in the Disney camp. Yeah. What about like Shadows of the Empire? Would we see something like that show up? No. 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 That's all all Star Wars. That's all over in the Disney camp. It could happen, right? Like anyone, like if Spider Man can appear in the Avengers, anything could happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I mean, think of Roger Rabbit and the crossover job there. But definitely, I think Perfect Dark, Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie. Are trouble are, are difficult. Diddy Kong Racing is two. Conquer as well. Conquer is yeah. two. So they they're a bunch. And the, but there are there are a bunch of um, third party games that would be interesting and are not locked in. Like think of uh, no, actually it's also difficult. Like think of Beetle Adventure Racing from EA. Yeah. Those are the Need for Speed guys. Yes. They did an awesome racing game on the N64, and it features Beatles. That means you have to renew the license with VW for that yes. cost, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of third-party games and a lot of second-party games that I think would be difficult to come over. Yeah. That said, um, I think there's a strong enough a strong enough library of first-party games. And if you look at the classic NES, it had 30 games, correct? And yeah. then the super classic Super NES had how many? 25. 25. Yeah. So... 
statistically, they can just keep knocking numbers off <laughs> until you get to the N64 and launch them with like 15 or 20. It'd be awesome um, if it had 64 games. Well, you'd, yeah. That's the that's dream. Too much storage. No, I think they'll go 12. I think they'll go a really low number compared really? to the others. Well, you can start with Mario 64 and Pilot Wings, the launch for sure. games for the console, mm-hmm. super easily. They have to be um, on there. Mario Kart, obviously. Always. Kirby. Um, Yoshi, Smash Brothers, has Smash to be. Brothers for sure. Yeah. Ocarina, Ocarina, Majora's Mask, Majora's Mask. Um, Do you think both? <laughs> I think they would. And that's pick not one. Ha- that's not hating on Majora's Mask. I just, I it seems like if they're only keeping it to twelve games, I, doing both. I feel, I feel like stretch. if you only, if you launched an N sixty four mini without Majora's Mask, people would be furious. They'd have to have both. Really, you'd mm-hmm. have to have both. I feel yeah. like that's too much already because, like, what are you going to do with ten eighty snowboarding or you know, like, I mean, Excite by sixty four, they all skip for sure. But like, it's it's a really they good didn't game. Skip but, Climbers. Think, think of, uh, think of uh, Tetrisphere <laughs> or some of those games. Um, what about Paper Mario sixty four? That's a Paper Mario is a really yeah. good one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. I had, a, I had a couple in Doctor Mario sixty four was yep. really good too. So there, there are a lot of first party games, but I had a couple of wild cards, and I know you have a bunch of wild. Oh, cards, I have a lot of wild cards. My my top pick that I want to see return is Ogre Battle. Yeah. Ogre Battle sixty four, yeah. Person of Lordly Caliber, one of the awesomest real-time slash turn-based strategy games, like units actually move in real time. And then Battle Tanks was such a great multiplayer game um, mm-hmm. from 3DO. That company is, of course, gone. Mm-hmm. I don't even yeah. know where the where the license sits. But from first party, my my dream pick would be um, Animal Crossing. Oh, Dobutsu yeah. no Mori oh, Plus yeah. is what it was called. It came out only in Japan before. And it would be awesome if they translated that one it was loaded with NES games. It had a lot of the features that we saw in later games. That was a really good Animal Crossing game. I mean, why not hold that for the GameCube Mini, though? I feel like... Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> So the N64 <laughs> Mini... Greed? Well, well want, put it this I way, right? Like, if you look at the Famicom Mini, it had, yep. it had a slightly different game set than, than the American that's version. That's true. Um, so I feel like if we are going to see Animal Crossing, it'll be on the Japanese version yep. of this system. I just love the idea of like Star Fox 2 coming out, you know, that was never released. And we've seen Sin and Punishment on the virtual console before and that, that hadn't been localized before. Yep. Yep. I love that, that they're making games accessible, you know, like Earth, you. Earthbound maybe someday. What about the, other, the 64DD Mini? Um, plug-in. That weird so the thing. 6040D is notable for having really bad games. Mm-hmm. Most of the software on that machine, I own one, is really bad except for the F-Zero expansion kit. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys did a list before where you included that one as a pick for the N64 Mini, right? Yeah, for yeah. the classic. Yeah. It's a really good track editor, but it's very fussy and it, re- it required, almost required, the N64 mouse, which was shipped with the 6040D. So it's not easy to pull off with the controllers. I'd say put Ogre Battle on there instead. So, so I, I love that we have this list of games that are probably coming, but I also came up with a list of games that will almost certainly never come to the mini or the classic. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get into that, I don't, I don't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, please, I, please, I do please. want to read off some from the chat because I know you got a really good list there. I, it's, it's, I'll go quick through it, but continue. Okay, okay. Um, so before the chat starts, uh, we, our back room has some suggestions as well. Andres uh, is saying Star Wars Pod Racing, which would be an excellent choice. Episode 1 Racing. Um, Just and, got re-released on PC. Yes, it did. Not a, not a great game. As well as NFL <laughs> Blitz. Uh, he'd love to see that. Ale- Alexio is saying Turok. Thank you, Alexio. I totally forgot about that. Not that playable today anymore. You may you may remember it with rose tinted glasses, and those glasses have a lot of fog in front of them. <laughs> and uh, Jordan Parkhurst is also saying 007. So oh, yep. so yeah. Barrett is yes. not in this in this uh, production room. Right. Yeah. Barrett's. Okay. I mean Barrett. I'm assuming is going for Donkey Kong 64. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. Uh, so there you have it. Four adult men that don't understand how trademarks work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
And All a lot in of the room. a lot of the chat too. I mean, uh, Wildfly is saying Pokemon Stadium, uh, Pokemon Snap, man. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. Pokemon Snap would be Pokemon good. Puzzle League. Ubi oh, is saying good. Rayman Two, uh, VBK One Hundred One, Mario Party. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mario. I, mean, I feel like a Mario Party is going to have to be on. See there. how much good software there is, though, and, yeah. and all of these games require four player. Really, that yeah. could get really expensive. But they they totally could do it. It might be a little bit add on two extra controllers you buy. Well, they just need to make it on a new board, a new mm-hmm. you know motherboard for the system itself that comes with four controller ports instead mm-hmm. of two USB ports or whatever. Yeah. Sounds expensive, which is why I think it'll be a low number of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Any any other good picks from the from the uh, chat? I saw somebody NFL Blitz, NFL. Any of the sports games are difficult because of the licenses. Mm-hmm. And Midway, the the people behind NFL Blitz, of course, don't have the NFL license anymore. Right. Not like Midway is alive and kicking. Anymore. I mean, same with like Acclaim with the Turok license. Where is that? I think that got sold off it to gets, somebody. Yeah, somebody was uh, trying to make a Turok game a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, there's another company. Acclaim is gone. Like yeah. the, and and three zero is gone. So, um, but it is possible to reclaim some of those rights. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, look at uh, THQ and how some of the uh, the franchises ended up with THQ Nordic now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a really fascinating set of games and library on, on that system because mm-hmm. when you think about a what's aged well and is still playable today and b what legally you can still bring back in some capacity but it gets pretty tricky rocket robot on wheels from Suck- mm. Suck- sucker punch or harvest moon 64 which i don't think could come across because that was made by marvelous and natsume no longer has the relationship with marvelous it's <laughs> like right it's crazy yeah. well i mean it's such a I, bummer that that's the thing we have to be thinking about when picking these games right yeah. is are we expecting these games there's also stuff that i want to like, know your list there's oh, stuff yeah. that's owned by rare that isn't tied up in any sort of like mascot stuff like um a jet force gemini last core. core exactly i love it's a great Blast one mm. just just pulled off one of my top choices. There. Okay, I'm Thank sorry you. about that. No, no, no. So some of these we already talked about, but these are some of these are entirely serious and others are entirely serious, but you're not going to believe me when I say that after listing them. Okay. Uh, I'm worried. Space Station Silicon Valley. Oh, awesome yeah. game. Fantastic. From the makers weird. of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. It just doesn't it's get any stranger than that. Same mm-hmm. same people. And they got nothing on their plate this year, so they can no, totally they have no that on. I will die uh, if Mischief Makers is on there. Mischief Makers comes to this mini. I would, I would run out of this building naked, screaming. That company's still crazy. around. Yeah. That's uh, Treasure. That's Treasure. Yeah. 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 So that that could happen because we're seeing Ikaruga, obviously. Yeah. And we also mm-hmm. saw them port a bunch of stuff like Gunstar Heroes and mm-hmm. 3DS. Um, Mischief Makers is like one of the very few 2D platforming games on the 64. Like, yeah. there's actually a handful of them because 2D. that was so looked down upon at the time. They <laughs> wanted to go 3D yeah. with everything. Yeah, they wanted to demonstrate. Crazy. Another big one for me, yeah. Snowboard Kids. Oh, oh yeah, good if one. If Snowboard Kids or Snowboard Kids 2 is mm-hmm. on there, yeah. I'd lose yeah. my mind. Uh, yeah. I literally listened to the entire Snowboard Kids soundtrack about two weeks ago. because Atlas or who, uh, yeah, one I of those? I think so, yeah. 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 Battle. Uh, Jeff Force Gemini was on there. Chameleon Twist. Oh, yeah, I oh know my that God. game. Yep, mm-hmm. They made two of those. I had both of them. They're not great, but they're really interesting and kind of fun. They're very strange, and I really like them. Mystical Ninja, I would love on there. Two games. The first one, very choppy in 3D. The second mm-hmm. one, side scroller. Both yeah, yeah, good yeah. games, though. I would go for the 3D one. That one's, mm-hmm. that one's the one that sticks in my yep. head. Uh, terrible uh, suggestion. Actually, not a terrible suggestion. Underrated suggestion. Shadow Man. Iggy's Wrecking Balls. <laughs> Iggy's Wrecking Balls. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Iggy's Wrecking Balls. The guys went on to make the Pixel Junk games, I right. believe, uh, made that. Mm-hmm. Um, Quest 64. Ooh, Anybody? Yes. Yeah. 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 That was a really bad game. It's yeah. Exactly. I love Quest 64. So you don't just want good great. games. No, well, so yeah. these are games that like I remember distinctly that I feel like no one ever talks about, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the, ur- the urban champions, if you will. 
Yeah. Of the N64. Gex, enter the gecko? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also not good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glover? That's good. Yeah. There we Glover go. Is good. Thank you. I, I got one of those. Now we're just naming all the games. And on then the finally, I'd like StarCraft 64 to come to it because StarCraft 64 was a thing, by the way. But that hey. was a good. That was so smartly done. They pulled yeah. off the controls with the controller. Yeah. There are a lot of. There was con- Command and Conquer came yeah. over yeah. too. Like Doom a lot of also. games. <laughs> Wait, was StarCraft yeah. Ghost an N64? No, StarCraft was, Ghost doesn't exist. That is gone. No, I, I know. <laughs> but was it being developed on N64? I don't think so. No, no. I think it was later. Than Resident that. Evil 2 also came with the system, and we forgot to mention Star Fox 64. Oh yeah. Oh god. There, I mean, like, There's literally, when you go through the list of games, you haven't even gone into, like, Shadow Man and yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. Extreme G, some of the, like, uh, Iguana UK games. There, there are a lot of really, really good titles Extreme on that G, machine. that was back when a, a, a system had a launch with a futuristic racing game. I, I would love for that to be ported with a solid frame rate. If that ran at 60, yeah. there, there were some clever, clever tracks in there. There were. Yeah. So I, I have a, a really quick final question about the N64 for someone who was not a baby child when it came out like me. Um did people like let Nintendo get away with that controller? Because I re- feel like we remember the controller very nostalgically now. But at the time, did you pick up an N64 controller for the first time and be like, what the heck is this? Uh, yes. Yeah. We were very confused by it. But the second you moved Mario in Mario 64 with that joystick, everything clicked. Mm. And none of it stopped being confusing. I okay. mean, then you'd go over to like play 2D games like Mortal Kombat Trilogy, which is a bad game. Um, <laughs> and you play it with the D-pad and you're like, that's weird. But when you went to, when you had that weird Southpaw Bowser hand style yeah. and you ran around in circles in the courtyard of Mario 64, all was forgiven. Hmm. It, it looked weird, but it was also this kind of differentiator. It's like this this clever, clever factor. You looked at the thing and you're like, wait, how do you hold it? And I always remember people trying to reach the analog stick on the middle prong from the side. <laughs> like people didn't know what they were doing. I, like ah. I did the I did the pinch. I yeah. had like a pinch on the on the on the joystick, which is where like a crossfader. But like, but everybody odd. was also like, we were enthralled by the concept that you could hold it like this, like this, like this. Of mm. course, you never held it like this. Mm. You never right. did D pad and middle stick like that. Unless yeah, you're left-handed. You. Oh, well, those are some solid picks. Yes, yep. absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to the next topic. So if you've been paying attention to the news at all, you might have heard uh, that Resident Evil 7 cloud version has been announced Resident for Switch. Evil cloud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let the sadness ensue. Um, okay, no, so yeah, it's, it's out in Japan right now, and if you have access to the Japanese eShop, you can actually download it yourself no give it a go if well, you'd like to if you're no, brave hold, enough hold don't on do really, that. really don't quick do that. really quick psa it's super simple to set up accounts for other regions and download demos and games on those regions i do it all the time i actually bought a japanese eShop card last night just to get bloodstained like 10 hours early which sounds like a weird 10 hours disease. early that's you really went i wanted to play it last night so i could talk about it today all right that's smart dedicated because yeah, we're going to talk yep. about it today Dude, i did my homework on the bus <laughs> yeah but it is you're right that it is easy to download those games and like my my switch has three accounts like yeah. a us one a japanese one and one called europair uh, which is my european account and like you get demos that you will never get in the us here so just do that it's free europair when you buy a game like resident evil some things may happen when you're playing. Well, so you yes. can't buy it. You, yeah. Yet. Okay. So well, let's let's quickly run down yes. the stats for people who Acquire. aren't aware. Um, yeah. So basically, this game is fully uh, is fully being streamed to switches everywhere. So you're mm-hmm. going to need a steady or a stable internet connection that can actually maintain the game being streamed over to your switch. Uh, it works 
as a sort of a rental service type of pricing. Uh, so you can get the game for 180 days uh, for 2,000 yen, which is roughly $18 and one cent. So you could, you could yeah, eight, let's say $18. <laughs> Take a penny, uh, leave that, a penny. That, I appreciate <laughs> the detail. Yeah. That, that gives yeah. you 180 days. Some things that I do not like about this, or uh, one big thing, is that saves are actually stored on the cloud and they're not sta- uh, stored on the Switch itself. Mm-hmm. So And uh, Capcom did say that those saves are basically up for deletion if you know on inactive accounts. Oh, so if your account it becomes in, in inactive, excuse me, it's they they launched Blockbuster basically. Like yeah. there's no guarantee whether you can play it again in like right. two months. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you get to keep your memory card for some things on when you rent it from Blockbuster. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true. true. I downloaded this game in quotes and it downloaded in seconds mm-hmm. and i was like wow it's that's amazing. amazing and then i was like oh there's nothing actually there the streaming client <laughs> you're getting the streaming yeah. client yeah yeah that, 45 I megabyte download yeah, yeah it's basically it's the it's the title screen jpeg that sends a like a hand wave to japan and says hey i'm here and then they beam you the game back or so I assume I couldn't actually get it streaming over American Wi-Fi in, in the IGN office. So that's my word of caution. Were you able to get it to run? I did, yeah. I got it to run, but I couldn't get past the opening cutscene, so I wasn't able to actually move around. Um, mm. Like in, if you start, When you start out that game, this isn't really spoilery, yeah. uh, you're kind of driving in a car. As soon as you get to that point, uh, the game just would lock up and say, you've been disconnected. So, and, it, and it's mainly due to the fact that uh, the servers are located in Japan right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they ever do do bring this over to the U.S. They'd have to have servers, you know, within your region, essentially wherever you're playing. Exactly, from. and that, that's why I'm saying, like, don't. I mean, don't get excited for this and and mm-hmm. and head out and create a Japanese account because, like, it is it is not designed to run on our shores. And we saw reports from people in Europe as well who could not get this thing to run. It's, yeah. right. it's too long of a distance, and even if it ran, you would get a lot of latency. You would get a lot of lag, and like in a game where you're supposed to also shoot. Um, that makes a huge difference. But you know, I will I will say that this this is available in English. You can go into the language settings, mm-hmm. change the voices and the text to English as well. So you have a game that doesn't run, but it's in English. Yeah, I mean, That's no, it's. I just I'm like thinking it's there. it's <laughs> fully ready to come over if they ever wanted to bring it yeah. over, which is you know something that maybe maybe they'll end up doing. It also has Switch exclusive features, like uh, it can use motion controls for aiming, mm. and they've programmed like you know uh, Joy-Con icons in there. So it's not just like you know I let's slap the PC yeah. version on there and stream it over to do, a Switch. Do you think it will come out here? And then secondly, do you think this is a test for other Capcom games? Like, Monster, will we see Monster Hunter or something like this I'm, come? I, man, I don't streaming? know. Like, because that's huge in Japan, and they can't they can't easily transfer Monster Hunter World to the the Switch. Yeah, well, but this 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 game doesn't rely so much on like stuff like online multiplayer like this is a story driven single player game that you complete in x number of hours i played this on ps4 from start to finish i really enjoyed it aside from like the last two or three hours of of this game um uh, i'm worried that this sets like a kind of bad precedent for where how games can get ported to switch you look at what bethesda's doing and they're taking wolfenstein and they're taking doom and they're making it work Mm -hmm. and they're selling those things for full price and they're I assume selling a lot of them because I they keep uh, you know sort of issuing more support towards the system. Um, we'll almost certainly see something like Prey or something like for that sure. at E3, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're going to see more Switch support from Bethesda at E3. And I think we'll see more Capcom support, right? I mean, they just launched two games this week with the Mega Man collections we'll talk about later and the new Street Fighter collection coming out in just a matter of days. Um, there is There are two Resident Evil Revelation games running fully on Switch, so you can... You know, natively run a Resident Evil game mm-hmm. on Switch. 
this just feels weird. I like I feel like they could have they could have reworked this a little bit. I don't know how video games. I, are made, I can't but, imagine that this know? was their first choice in porting the game over to Switch. You think I, so? I'd yeah. like to, I'd like to think that they at least experimented, at least tried to get it running. Maybe they knew they could, but it would take a lot a lot of resources or a long time. So this was like just the next best thing. So if this is the next best way that we could get stuff on Switch, like if this is the only way that we could ever get, like for instance, um, Red Dead Redemption Two, yeah on switch i'd rather have it this way than no way at all that's true if you put it like that yes and something tom and i were better than nothing most of of the time yeah Yeah. Yeah. something tom and i were talking about before the show started was sort of like you know if it's 18 20 bucks um and you get it for 180 days that's actually significantly cheaper than any still thriving rental service in the universe right whatever few those are you know Redbox or something like that but um, it's still, I don't think, the ideal way to play the game. Totally not. Um, but if yeah. you only have a Switch it, and you only have $18, then like, I guess you can play Resident Evil 7. In this case, it's weird because it is a single-player game, right? Mm-hmm. And like it, it breaks the very core concept of the Switch as being a portable console. Um, with PSO, so Fantasy Star Online, that came out in Japan as a streaming game as well. So that's a, a cloud-based version of Fantasy Star that you can play uh, in Japan on the Switch. There, it makes more sense. Like yeah. You have to be hooked up to the internet. And so if you're not actually installing a game client, I, I feel like it's less of an issue. Well, I, like the big elephant in the room that none of us have really brought up yet is that this is a portable system. <laughs> you bring this with you no, everywhere. No, that's what I just said. It's yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like it breaks the core yeah, setup of the, the machine. Uh, yeah. Especially we started the show talking about Nintendo's new SKU for the Switch, which is removing all of the stuff that sort of tethers it to your television yep. and frees it yeah. <laughs> into the world where this won't work. I, I know. I, I, have you ever paid for like Wi-Fi on an on an airplane or a train? Like the idea of even getting an email or a text through all of that for seventeen ninety nine, it's just not worth. Streaming it. a game on an airplane sounds like a nightmare. Oh my god! Like, yeah. but impossible. Yeah, you think? I mean, that sounds like hard mode. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's a little bit of R and D going on? And you just covered Steam, obviously making games streamable from their platform to to different machines yeah. uh, and apps. Like, do you think there's some R and D because the future? In the future, everything is going to be connected. Yes. Like the, the limitations right now will probably be gone. Remember, I grew up at a time where you couldn't take a telephone with you. That just wasn't a thing. My mom didn't know where I was all day until I came home. And like right. we take this for granted. And I think people in 15 years will take the internet for granted, mm-hmm. wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And like it feels like every company is trying this out, right? Yeah, it, this, <laughs> this game and this particular thing brings out the paranoid person in me where i'm like imagining this dystopian future where every game is streamed to every system Mm. and you have to like rent the game by the minute right and you're playing these games where it's like well it's going to be 50 cents per 20 minutes of gameplay right and like that's a total paranoid like dystopia but like i see this and it's like my brain goes there and i don't like that's part of me Freaks out. No, like, really I don't, I don't think you're wrong. It. No, yeah. I mean, I, effectively, all roads are quietly, subtly, or not so subtly leaning away from a distinct ownership yeah. of yes. the actual video game. It's there the are net, the Netflixification, yeah, whatever you want to call exactly. it. Right? I mean, we're even at the part now where where there are companies like straight up hoodwinking people, where you go to buy, you know, uh, Telltale sold um, the Minecraft. Like story-driven video game, I'm totally forgetting it's Minecraft story. Minecraft mode. story mode, yeah, mm-hmm. right there, right at the tip of my tongue, um, <laughs> in a box on the shelves. And when you bought it, it actually like it had the first episode, and then just kind of kicked you into a download for the rest of them. Um, the Mega Man collections mm. on Switch, same deal, right? It's got a it's got a physical card that has the one game on it, and you want the other, it's got a, a piece of paper. 
that you type in a download code. And like that kind of sucks. Like for me, I'm an all digital guy. I'm bowing to this awful dystopia that we're slithering towards anyway. But for most people who collect video games, which we say every single week with Nintendo fans, it's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, we're moving away from ownership of games. And that worries me. I'm right there with you. It, it also worries me because of game preservation, yep. where in the future, we're never, you're like, Five, ten years from now, you're never going to be able to play Resident Evil 7 for your Switch. Right. right? The servers are going to be off. That's just not going to be a thing that you can do. You're not going to be able to pay for it. And if this is the only way that you play Resident Evil 7 and you grow up with these memories of playing Resident Evil 7 on your Switch, you're literally not going to be able to do that. And that's like a fact. That's not paranoid. Go on eBay and try to buy a PS4 that has PT on it. Right. You know, because it's like I deleted that by accident because I was like, oh, what could possibly happen? Buy a copy of Disney Infinity. You're not going to be able to use most of the things advertised on the box anymore. The servers are shut down. Yeah. And and the reason it also gets me a little paranoid is because EA just is like trying to buy Gamefly or just bought Gamefly, right? Mm -hmm. Which is Mm -hmm. another game streaming service. Mm -hmm. So if this works and this makes a bunch of money, then EA goes, hey, we own this game streaming service. Why are we... Making it, why are we porting any of our games to Switch? Why don't we just make all of them do this? I think consumers, uh, you know, obviously consumers have a choice. And, and if the experience is not great, if you're getting artifacting, right. if the controls are off, and especially for like fighting games and stuff like that, right? Once you're streaming to the console and then you're playing online and there's all this latency on top, I think consumers will reject that. And, yeah. and I, I feel like at least the experience will be, people will reject it until it's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the game preservation side is probably not going to be solved. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same with, you know, try to watch the original Star Wars movies the way we remember seeing them, some of us remember seeing right. them in, in theaters, right? Like it's data is going to change over mm-hmm. time and will mm-hmm. also disappear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So sad. Um, downer, womp womp. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Image Inform Games has been teasing their next Steam World game, which you know we're we're pretty big fans of Steam World yeah. here. I'd say, yeah. right? You know, one of our top five games for the Switch. Yeah. Steam World Dig too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they have a YouTube channel. You should definitely check it out if you can. Um, they are, have been putting out some dev diaries. Their most recent one, they've been sort of communicating with fans through Twitter, uh, taking ideas of what the fans would like to see the next uh, Steam World game be, like whether it's like a Metroidvania, like Steam World Dig and Dig Two, uh, or maybe it'll be like a tower defense game, like Steam World Tower Defense. Uh, <laughs> so, I thought it'd be kind of fun if maybe we could, you know, circle around and discuss some ideas for what would make a good Steam World game. Well, I, I mean, I. Have- have to agree with most of the people who answered their their calls to uh, for feedback and polls. And honestly, if you watch the video, the team is trying to be super coy about this. And I feel like they're it is to me at least it looks like we'll be getting a SteamWorld RPG, which is what I would love to see out of this team. Like if you if you know the characters and the sense of humor and how good they are at the turn-based battles in Heist and how they ter- how they take something that should feel slow and turn it into something that feels like really like fluid and action-y. Um, I think if you let them loose on a role-playing game with some of the SteamWorld dig mechanics, I think it could be so cool. And like yeah, watch the video. Mm-hmm. Don't don't you feel like they're yeah. just kind of like they're like, oh yeah, interesting. Whenever somebody <laughs> says RPG, and then somebody says like rhythm game, they're like, ma, well that wouldn't work for these reasons. <laughs> and uh, turn based RPG. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the you know their their commenters had a lot of really good points. Uh, some people were saying like we'd like to see a shooter. Yep. Uh, we'd like to see like uh, 
top-down twin-stick shooter or first-person shooter. Everything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. basically every genre. Uh, walking Simulator <laughs> was one of them. Yep. Which would I'd be, play it. Yeah, which would be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool. But I'm leaning towards, uh, I agree with you, Pear. I think an RPG would make the absolute most sense. I'd like to see it be more like a, of an action RPG where yeah. it does incorporate way more of like... Yep. Yeah, like World. Paper Mario. I mean, that's, yeah. to me, Paper Mario is the perfect game to aim for for a steam world game like just that sense of humor and the characters and the interactivity would be really cool yeah. oh man uh, also if it still had somehow metroidvania elements yeah yeah mm. that'd be super don't, interesting don't you still want steam world dig 3 like you're such oh, a big more than anything fan. in the world yeah. is that would that be your top next game for of them course to work on? of course yeah but i mean i don't want to pigeonhole that studio into only making that specifically but that's the best option <laughs> and by <laughs> the way there is a chance but you should definitely do that there's a chance that the next game from them is not a steam world game as yeah. well right like it could be a, a a new IP for them as well, but um, they've seen so much success with this on Switch. It, it seems uh, that is now an yeah. identifiable brand yeah. mm -hmm. on Switch, especially. So. What about you, Tom? And if you haven't played Heist, Heist is a really, is good, really good XCOM like two D. Yeah, uh, I think that a good fit. I don't necessarily want to see this more than an RPG. I think a good fit could be some sort of like uh, side scrolling, don't starve ish crafting mm. game, kind of survival y crafting ish. I, I don't necessarily know if that would be the best option. Like robot marooned on a planet. Kinda, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that some of the mechanics they already have would, would work for that. Uh, I, I think I'd probably prefer an RPG, but um, really what I want more than anything is SteamWorld Battle Royale. <laughs> um, you, yeah, there are not a lot of Battle Royale games coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. It's an open market right now that they can capitalize well, on. Well, the, the first uh, Battle Royale game for Switch has not been announced yet, so the market is definitely open on this machine. They but, could pounce. But that game is not, like, the next uh, Image Informed game is probably not going to come out this year, mm -hmm. right? It's right. going to take a while. The, the other thing I was thinking is, like, Advance Wars, something like that. Mm, you yes. know, like a kind of more top-down map-based game with different types of units. Maybe uh, build on some of the technology uh, introduced, like bigger robots, bigger war machines. What if it was and like an RTS? Did you see an RTS? RTSs are um, are not that popular anymore. No? Right? Like, yeah. I mean, you see few companies developing them. Um, and even, it feels like even StarCraft didn't live as long as Blizzard wanted it to, oh, StarCraft right? 2 StarCraft is still going. Yeah. It's definitely going, but it's just not in the, to, to your point, it's not in the public eye anymore yeah. as much, right? Like, people aren't talking about StarCraft 2, even though it still is in the one of the biggest esports like, in the world. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ironically, I think the most popular RTS will be the next Pikmin coming out for the Switch, <laughs> yeah. you know? Which is not quite the RTS, yeah. but... You know, more but of a so good. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, uh, Cody Davis in the chat says, Steam World Dating Sim. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That would be hilarious. I'd play that too. Yeah. How to full Steam World. I think the, I think the point, <laughs> the main point or takeaway is that uh, even if, if they don't, like if they don't create a Steam World game, that's fine. I, I, I think that they can have clearly proved themselves as being able to make a lot of great different genres or different games. Uh, didn't they just merge with the Fae Studio too? Or yeah. am I thinking of a different one? No, no, no. You're, you're, right. you're right. So they could be going more 3D, right? Mm. Like they could have been, when that happened, they could be thinking bigger than just whatever 2D thing we're sure. thinking of. They're, yeah. they're moving into bigger. I think the purpose of the video originally was to show people they're moving into a bigger office, new digs. They actually hired more people, right? The team is bigger than, than ever and mm -hmm. obviously well-deserved. They had a lot of success with the last game. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, we could be seeing something completely different, but I think it will be a Steam World. RPG. I think mm -hmm. that's a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, we're on to you. <laughs> 
So Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle is getting a brand new Donkey Kong Adventure single-player DLC mode, which will allow players to finally play as Donkey Kong and, for the first time ever, Rabbid Cranky, <laughs> which is hilarious. So that's yeah. a... That's basically the zombie version of Cranky Kong, yeah? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And Cranky Kong <laughs> is the original Donkey Kong who put made Mario run up girders. Yes. Right? Yeah. So yes. that's that's Grandpa, Grandpa Cranky Kong, yeah. uh, Donkey Kong. Yeah. And I still don't know if Donkey Kong Jr. is the Donkey Kong from Donkey he Kong He has Country. to be, because who else would it be, right? It doesn't make any sense, just, really. When, when I don't you know if you know, as grown-ups, don't keep the diapers they wear as little babies. Really? No, no, most, most of them don't. That's good advice. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure that the Donkey yeah. Kong universe is one I need lore for the, the DKC. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a ton of lore I, there. I don't really think I need to know like how Funky Kong is related to all of them and all that stuff. Well, but, Barrett will be able to tell you. I think, <laughs> I'm sure he will. I think we have some B-roll uh, that we can throw up there on the screen for the Donkey Kong stuff. But I actually did a preview of this game, so I wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, and if you're interested in seeing the preview, I'll make sure to put a link in the description too. So check that out after you're done watching the podcast. Uh, but yeah, you can see it plays pretty much exactly like uh, Kingdom Battle played originally with some minor differences as you can see donkey kong is now playable as well as rabbit cranky and donkey kong is really cool because he can do things like that like what you just saw which is a vine swing all the way across different levels mm -hmm. um and he uses special platforms to do it so you can't do it everywhere what? he also he's has got the donkey congas yeah he's got the donkey congas uh which is used to lure in enemies really close it's very very handy if you've got a group of enemies and you just want to like banana slam on them um when they're next to you and he also has a banana boomerang uh, notice the banana theme is very strong here. But uh, yeah, and, and you're also playing as Rabid Cranky in the sort of exploration parts where before we played as Beepo, the kind of Roomba robot yeah, that they replaced you can it, huh? Yeah, so he's still in there technically. Uh, it's just Rabid Cranky's literally using him like a unicycle, <laughs> which is hilarious. And I think I think everything about this game is just adorable and really fun. Uh, and it's got like that same exact great tactics gameplay that you remember from the original Kingdom Battle if you if you did play that. And if you haven't, I highly recommend you go I, play it. I still I still feel like this is the game that most like a lot of hardcore Nintendo fans resist just because they think like a turn based game would be boring yeah mm -hmm. like the what what makes this game is the you can see the love that the ubisoft development team has for these nintendo franchises yeah. it's like smash brothers like just the the inclusion of the 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 drums and like yeah. the characters and how they sound and how they animate it's just it's just a really really good yeah there's thing. there's a deep appreciation for the characters and dare i say lore behind uh this this franchise and these franchises in general it, this feels like a decidedly first party video game in terms of quality and it's a ubisoft game about rabbits which you, is insane yeah ubisoft did an amazing job being like paying respect and homage to the series making sure that everything was um pretty pretty accurate um and true to what donkey kong is even the music in this dlc is so it just gets the nostalgia, you know, blood flowing through your body when you're listening to it. Have it. the rap? Uh, I don't know if the rap is in there. I didn't get to play the whole game. Oh, there he, there he goes across the screen. Bring him back. Do it again. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> horrifying. Um, but yeah, they, it's the same composer from the original full game. Uh, so if you, if you enjoyed the music from that, enjoy some Donkey Kong remixes made by the same guy. And mm -hmm. he's just incredibly talented. They're finally here performing you, for you. You played the, the game, right? Yeah, Tom, yeah, you oh, like it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I think that this DLC is actually really uh, interesting because it shows 
kind of what the game can do different than XCOM. Obviously, mm-hmm. it does a lot of stuff different than XCOM. Yeah. It's not. I'm not saying it just totally ripped it off or anything, but XCOM could never release a DLC where you have a strong. Oh my god, Donkey. Um, <laughs> you could never, you could never release a DLC where you just have like a super unique character that can do that only that character can do one thing that no one else yeah. can do, like mm-hmm. the banana boomerang and the swinging thing. I, I, I think they're really doing, they're really stretching out in a cool way uh, with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good game. Cool. Uh, okay. It, it, yeah. One last note. It adds ten hours of single player. Uh, That's yeah, like gameplay. a game. How much is it? Uh, I'm not sure how much it is standalone, but it's you, included you in the expanse. Six hundred and fifty dollars. Six hundred fifty dollar download. <laughs> sounds right. Little yep. hefty for ten hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have the expansion pass, you should already uh, be getting it. it. Comes out this spring. I don't believe there's an exact release date, but it's not too far away. So. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for that. Also, quick PSA before we move over into our leading games. The Mario Tennis Aces demo is officially out, as well as a Sushi Strikers demo. Uh, One of those games you can play right now. (laughs) Mario Tennis is the servers aren't running. Yeah, the servers are not running. Um, For some reason, I thought it was an offline demo. Um, They said that there would be a way to play single player. Right. Mm -hmm. There there should be a way to play it. they haven't unlocked that feature yet. You have to pay eighteen dollars for one hundred and eighty days of access to the demo. <laughs> it's actually streamed yeah. straight to your yeah. Switch. Yeah, yeah. No. Sushi Striker though is fully playable. Yeah, yeah. Sushi Striker. I messed is around playable. with it. So, you, I mean, it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling it one hundred percent yet. I'm trying to figure out the controls and and trying to figure out whether it should play touch screen or stick. Same. Yeah. yeah. I was in the same boat there. Um, I really like the concept. I'm not wild about the character art. It feels. It doesn't really feel like a Nintendo first party game. You know, yeah. doesn't strike you. It doesn't it, sushi strike me. I do. I do appreciate that. Just the goofiness, nonsense, Japanese storyline again. Oh yeah, about, the first thing yeah. it says in the game when you started is like in a world without fish. In a world without <laughs> fish. It's like all right, they're like yeah. they've outlawed sushi all over the republic. Yeah. And you're That's like, okay, a game I'm I want in. lore for. <laughs> I'm in. It, yeah, it has all this. Yeah. It has all this stuff around like how horrible the world is and fish and this. And Which <laughs> is weird because it's like it's sitting next to Splatoon two on my on my Switch. And it's yeah. like well, they're having a fish party over there. You That's guys right. should figure yeah. it out. We're gonna yeah we're gonna have to definitely put some more time into it before we can give any critical opinions about it yeah we played all, it for nine minutes yeah, yeah. we all <laughs> just barely played it today so um but yeah let's go ahead and uh, i'm gonna put a quick reminder out there before we get into the leading games uh get your questions ready we're gonna be we're gonna try and fit as many questions towards the end of the show as possible i know we're already running tight on time but uh go ahead and ask them and i'll try and get to them if we can, or as many as we can. But uh, that brings us to our pick of the week this week. As you know, every week we have, or most every week, we have a pick of the week on NVC. And this week, it's the Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 and 2, which is actually two separate downloads if you're buying them yes. digitally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are two separate SKUs. Um, one of them essentially focuses on the NES games, and one of them focuses on the Super NES games, etc. Um, so the 16-bit era stuff. Uh, I'm really digging the Mega Man Legacy one because it sort of compartmentalizes every single NES game with Mega Man in the, in the title in one package. Um, the emulation, I've noticed, has been really good, really clean. There's awesome filter effects. You've probably seen this collection on other consoles uh, in the last year or two. Um, but it also adds a ton of... Oh, Jared Petty reviewed it. Yeah. It adds a ton of concept art and... Yeah, and um, basically like original sketches and drawings um sound files there's challenge modes where you can sort of like boss rush certain areas or go through certain environments in lieu of a dedicated virtual console which we know we are currently not getting 
as we remembered it. Um, this is an, an excellent way to get a bunch of these games. And what I think will be the way we get a bunch of these games for a very long time on Switch is I, for the foreseeable future, I see companies like Capcom and Sega and Konami taking their classics and putting them into packages like this. Um, the Legacy Collection with the NES games, for me, who's somebody who grew up with the NES games, it's just awesome. I just love it. It's got a rewind feature too, which I really dig. Um, and I keep training myself to not to, to not press it because that wasn't there in the original version, yeah. but it's also really nice. Too tempting, isn't it? It's tempting. Because yeah. yeah. this of, game's mean. These yeah. games are yes. mean. And this, it's got a lot of little cool things too, right? Like concept art yeah, and all yeah. little behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually, when they first released it, uh, on PC a while back said that they like kept all those bugs in there too so that like if you want to do the bug where you like shoot the lightning or whatever and like pause and unpause really yep. fast to kill a boss super quick like you can do that it's all still as you remember it no i was playing it the other day and my wife walked in and she was like why why is it slowing down when like there's a lot of bad guys on screen i'm like because that's what it always did and <laughs> people have been playing it like that for so long that that's the way this game is intended to. to be played it would feel yeah. wrong yeah it'd be it feel wrong otherwise so yeah there's tons of concept art it's really gorgeous um and then the other the other collections got just as much stuff it's a very um the the first one is not that big i think it's like a gig with the legacy collection 2 is like a three and a half gig download it's bigger than resident evil 7 you're constantly out of space too right oh yeah i'm at the point now where i I really need the 400 gig sd card Uh, it's so expensive still though i know it was 160 bucks the other day which is the cheapest it's ever ever been but still not great but yeah i think that's our pick of the week correct yeah Yeah. it's our pick of the week sweet cool it's uh uh, i would say bloodstained is probably a close second then oh yeah it is oh yeah yeah. let's just go ahead and jump right into bloodstained too that's another game that i haven't played at any of it at all but i was talking to brian about it who apparently beat it i imported it (laughs) and finished it last night um yeah i will say all in one day it's well because that's that japanese account baby um no so i was able (laughs) i went on play asia and i bought it called (laughs) budayan i I think so yeah i i went actually have a little totaki as my avatar for that one um because he's a cool dog who plays guitar. But yeah, I went to the Japanese eShop. I went through Play Asia, bought some point cards. But you can buy this in the American eShop now, and I believe European. Uh, it's 10 bucks. It's only like five levels, but there's multiple playable characters. And effectively, this is, um, I would say, a slimmed-down version of what Shovel Knight did for sort of action platforming games, but for Castlevania. If you really want a new retro Castlevania that isn't really like the GBA or the DS style ones, you know, there isn't like a Metroidvania aspect of it too much. Um, this is this plays like the original Castlevania games. It's a, sounds it, like it too. Sounds like it too. The soundtrack is great. Um, the action's great. I will say that one of the best things about this game is it doesn't have knockback damage. So when uh, uh, their bootleg Medusa heads fly into you, <laughs> you don't fall into a pit immediately. There's multiple playable characters that each have their sort of strengths and weaknesses. You can switch between them, and when they die in the battlefield, um, they're gone, and so you only have the next two left. Oh, There's God. also it yeah. has the bootleg Medusa exactly. Oh exactly. no, it's got bootleg versions of all your favorite. Castlevania enemies. Um, <laughs> Integrates made this game, and they also made um, Mighty Number no. Nine, which wasn't great. Uh, but they, after that, they made I forget the name of it, but there was a sort of eight bit Mighty Number no. Nine style game on Switch that kind of answered that that Mega Man thing that we were looking for at the time before there were any Mega Man games. Um, there are branching paths in this game, which I find really interesting. So replaying it uh, actually will get to open up some stuff for you and, and show you a bunch of different areas and environments. Great sub-weapons, cool bosses. There's an easy mode in case you suck. <laughs> um, 
Really saw. great game. Is yeah. this legal? Is this legal? Yeah. I mean, look how close it is. I mean, like, so this is this is <laughs> download now before it gets removed. <laughs> this was a Kickstarter bonus for the Igarashi developed Bloodstain that's still coming to consoles. He is one of the you know people that a principal people responsible for Castlevania as we currently know it. It's so sad that Konami couldn't fix that relationship and like bring yeah. This back. I mean, there's some yeah. you know there's some dollar store cereal to this. You know, it's kind of like Lucky Chams or mm. you know. Frosted Crunch or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you know, bootleg Colgate toothpaste. Yeah. Don't hate on Frosted Crunch. Man. Hey, I love cereal my cereal the TV. It's still cereal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's out there right now. Go grab that. I really, really dig it. So Tom, you have been playing a ton of this new game. Uh, that's it's coming out on all platforms, yeah. right? Yeah, it's called Yoku's Island Express. Comes yeah, out man. May 29th. That's next Tuesday or mm-hmm. this coming Tuesday. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, I really dig it. Uh, it's a very weird thing where it's a Metroidvania pinball game. Oh um, man. It's 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 one of those genres that you're like that shouldn't work and then it just is adorable and fun and it's really pretty. Yeah. Uh the art style is just beautiful. It's got some beautiful parallaxing going on. It's it's so refreshingly positive. Like it's just mm. such a happy game. Like when you break pots or things to get like the collectibles fruits that you can spend on other stuff, but um instead of like having a weapon or anything, there's basically no combat in the game. Instead of having a weapon, you have a little like party <laughs> blower and you're like like just like <laughs> shooting out confetti like just rapidly with hitting the A button. Um yeah, it's just like a really fun, sweet game where you're platforming, but then you jump into these basically pinball tables. And yeah. instead of jumping, you're pressing the shoulder buttons to flip paddles that are around the level um and around the world. And the world map is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Like the world map is really, really big and there's a ton to explore. Um so it's just a really happy, fun game. If you like pinball games, you're gonna love it. If you aren't into pinball, but you like platformers, you'll probably really enjoy it too. I know Sam Claiborne, who is a pinball fiend in in our office, is like mm. absolutely head over <laughs> heels in love with this game. Like yeah. I think it's one of his favorite games of the year there, so far. There, I've only heard positive things. There, yeah. The one, I, I lament that it's not a uh, giant ball of poo and like a, a, so you can a make, little dung beetle. You can make it poo. Because it, it, is, it is a ball. You are a dung <laughs> see, beetle. now you got yeah, There yeah. we go. There's, there's little like, like you can see it right there in the clip, the ball is now like a skull. Yeah. You can you can find collectibles around the map that let you uh, color your ball into five different colors, but then nice. you can combine the colors and then they become different things like the skull. Right. If you combine the skull with the bug color, then you get spiders on your ball instead. Nice. Um, and if you put three colors on your ball, then it just turns into a pile of poo. Oh. <laughs> I, love, I like this game not? a lot. I will say my, my one negative about it is that it gets a little cumbersome when you're trying to hit the same shot like five, six, seven, yeah. ten times in a row. Some of, the, some of the shots are very precise. Yeah. And so like when you're playing a Metroidvania game, usually you can just jump into the corridor you want to go to. But in this one, it's pinball. So you're kind of relying on very specific hit points and physics on the paddle. But um, that said, I still really like it. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely one worth checking out. Yeah, looks looks nice too. It's it's yeah. really beautiful. The music, the sound, everything is really really nice. Yeah, awesome. Look forward to it on May 29th. That's this Tuesday, guys. Um, and also you have a review coming out. When's that coming out? Yeah, Tuesday also. So it'll be Tuesday? it'll be very very early Tuesday morning, just after midnight Monday. Awesome. So that was Yoku's Island Express. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So let's go ahead and move over to question block. We don't have that much time, but we do have some amazing questions coming in. This one's from Zero Pulse. Thank you very much for being a prime member, Zero Pulse. Uh, it's questions for me, but you guys can totally jump in. He says, uh, Philip, question. Do you think Slash wants a new standalone handheld, uh, handheld device? Uh, think a GB Revolution or 4DS? Or should Nintendo go from two pillars to one? Now, I... 
I don't want Nintendo to come out and give us a 4DS mm-hmm. or with four screens. Yeah, <laughs> like vision. What are those those little paper like yeah. uh, things called? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want those fortune tellers. Yeah, I don't want a, biters and sickle. Mm-hmm. I don't want a fortune teller DS or anything like that. Um, I I would much rather have Nintendo ride out you know 2019, uh, finish it off with a strong you know last year for the 3DS, and then introduce a new Switch skew like maybe that Switch Pro that we've all been hearing you know rumblings about rumors about talking about for i don't know since they even uh, released the switch Mm -hmm. and then move the two skews or the two pillars from being the cheaper regular switch that launched and then the more expensive one being like a switch pro kind of like what playstation has with ps4 and ps4 pro yeah i think um that's that's a that's a fantastic idea historically nintendo has had a handheld and a console division working in synchronicity um right now those are mashed together the 3ds is still doing really well but when you look at something like the wii u and it wasn't doing well um the ds and the 3ds were and when the gamecube wasn't selling like crazy the gba was so one always relied on the other right now they have a very good problem in that the switch combines both of those things and it's tremendously successful but if their next thing doesn't um they won't have anything to fall back on so i think at some point there will be another kind of dedicated handheld or at least something that you know is accessible the ds the 3ds is something you can get in on for under 150 dollars at this point you know um for the 2ds even cheaper than that so and i think that service is an, an audience that they're not finding on switch it's just skewing a little more adult but i, I would see. i would love for them to reboot the gba micro in mm. a meaningful way and you could you could take the GBA tech and make it super slim, and the thickest thing about it could be the cartridge. So maybe they could do a GBA Classic that comes preloaded with 20 games, and then you have a cartridge slot where you put a cart in, and it'll download the code to the thing. You take it out, and you've got this ultra-slim handheld that you can take with you. Like Something like that would be really exciting, I think. Mm-hmm. Like to actually celebrate the past, do a classic console, but give it that cartridge experience so you can take some of the games you already own maybe, maybe on the go. Mm. Be cool. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Van has a nice question. Uh, he says, are Nintendo slowly killing off Amiibo? They're losing shelf space in the stores at the moment. To Labo, right? Uh, I, I feel like Labo basically took over, and I think that was by design. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in between major games that have a lot of Amiibo support. Like, there's no Smash Brothers coming out for the next couple of months. So, yes, absolutely. They're keeping Amiibo alive. We've got, uh, uh, we've got the Splatoon, you know, mm-hmm. we had uh, Pearl. New- yeah, new Splatoon Amiibo, Pearl yeah. and Marina. Just right? came out, Pearl yeah, and Marina. Pokemon you can one. actually buy them right now. And then a Detective Pikachu, Pikachu in mega format came out. So I think they're keeping it going, but until Smash Bros. is going to hit, I think it's going to get pretty small. I, I, I feel like they reached an oversaturation point with them. I needed to scale it back and eventize what these figures are and when they arrive and just make a special one every couple I mean, of weeks. Do you even know what they do anymore in the newer games? No, right? Like no. it's like, mm-hmm. I think the marketing has become silent yeah. too. So. I mean, obviously there's a massive desire. People are still very interested in buying Amiibo. So just like Pear was alluding to, I would not be surprised if when, the day they show off new Smash stuff, you know, they'll they'll also show off a new Amiibo line for Smash and that'll yeah. kickstart sort of the switch wave, if you will, of Amiibo. Um, They've yeah. not done a lot of Pokemon, right? Let's be honest. If, if there were, if they announced, if they show off Smash Bros. at E3 and they're also like, also here are a dozen new e- Amiibo for it, I would mm-hmm. not be surprised. Like, I <laughs> yeah. think they're probably going to go hard for Smash Bros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but... Maybe. Or re-release the old ones. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. 
Uh, let's see. I want to get one more, one last question. We got to answer it real quick, though. Um, all right. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, Kyle Trace says, what are good action-adventure games like Zelda or even Mulaka on Switch? Do you guys, can you think of Ooh, any good action-adventure action games? <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I, yeah there, there's, there's not a lot. I mean, like, if you go 2D, obviously, Blossom Tale, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, if a game that basically is a is a copy of a link to the past so that that would be the next one to go to did okami come out on twitch they not yet not yet so not that's yet. coming that'd be an awesome one to look out for you're going through your uh, you're going through your lineup <laughs> um this doesn't yeah. totally fit the bill but i was going to say dragon quest builders oh has yeah some, has some really cool yeah, yeah. um it's yeah. sort of a 3d action game with a lot of building elements too yeah um i think dragon quest library. builders is a perfect game to like sort of transition yeah. post uh zelda and uh, Mulaka. It's not yeah. nearly as ambitious as Zelda was, but it's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, fleshed out than a game like Mulaka. So yeah. yep. you could definitely dive in and spend plenty of hours playing so that. Blossom Tale, SteamWorld Dig too. It's 2D, but it is a, it's not, obviously not a 3D game. It's a must game. play. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a must play, play yeah. that, that kind of unfolds like a, a little bit like a Zelda game with, with, uh, uh, weapon power ups. Yeah, I'm checking there. A lot of more kind of like, Mm, slower adventure games where yeah. it's not about action and interacting with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, they don't. They're not necessarily so. adventure games, but the the bayonetas will will satisfy yeah. that action side you're looking for. And there are some sort of upgrade type systems in that game that feel a little adventurous. There's but, some good yeah. post game stuff yeah. too that keeps you like going into missions and completing challenges. It's got like, like this online uh, co op thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a lot though. Yeah, single yeah. player Splatoon two maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, there has little hub worlds and stuff that you unlock. Also, expansions coming out soon yeah. too. Skyrim, Skyrim yeah. count definitely. Yeah. Skyrim, yeah. Skyrim. Yeah. You no, know, like, it's a traditional really, RPG, yeah. but yeah. It's got action in it. I yeah. know it's not. I wouldn't really call really it an action game. game. If you're the yeah. one person out there who has not yet played Skyrim, <laughs> get it on Switch. Yeah, yeah, Switch. yeah that's definitely. a good one. Uh, but yeah, all right. Well, thank you very much. That's our show this week. We are a weekly show on IGN.com. Live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time. But you can also catch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Nintendo Voice Chat, where we upload our live show every Friday. So in case you can't get it a day early on IGN, you can catch us there. But we're also available on your favorite podcast streaming services like, um, oh man, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Store. Pretty much every single one of them. So thank you guys very much for joining me this week. And thank you uh, to the chat as well. Thank you very much to the back room over there. Andres, Alexio, Barrett, Jordan, (laughs) the real stars of NVC. You guys are the best. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, we will see you next week. Get the thing. Bye.